Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And I got to apologize because at the end of Wednesday's podcast, I mentioned that on Thursday's show, we were going to be talking about mortgage demand, which we always get on Wednesday, and the JOLTS report, job openings. But I completely forgot about construction spending. I don't know why I forget. It's always on the first of the month and I just forgot about it. So I apologize. We are going to be talking construction spending on the podcast. We got a lot of data to get to, but we are going to be starting with mortgage demand. Mortgage demand, total mortgage demand was down for the third week in a row, which is interesting because mortgage rates were also down for the third week in a row. And for the longest time, especially during the pandemic, those two had kind of an inverse relationship where if mortgage demand, or excuse me, if mortgage rates were dropping, then mortgage demand would be going up and vice versa. And so this is the first time in a while that we have seen we have seen rates steadily drop and demand also drop along with it. So we're in a very interesting market No doubt about that. So total mortgage demand fell 2.3 percentage points for the week. This according to the Mortgage Bankers Association weekly survey and the purchase index slipped 1%. So down 1% and is now down 14% from the same time last year, which I always have to remind you is still somewhat impressive considering rates are over 200 basis points higher than where they were one year ago and still only down 14%. I will continue to remind you that that is impressive, at least in my eyes. The refinance index fell 5% week over week, which puts the index now down 75% from where it was one year ago. And then to break down what is happening with all of these loans out there, the refinance share of mortgage activity is now 31.5% down from 32.3% in the previous week. And the adjustable rate mortgage share of activity has now decreased to 8.7% of total applications, which is also a decrease from the prior week. Remember all the people, all the crash bros who were telling you that, oh, oh, they finally had found it. They finally found the metric that proved that the crash was coming and everyone was going back to arms like they were in 2006, seven and eight. And yet they're falling. (laughs) It's almost like they have no idea what they're talking about, but yeah, arms are falling along with everything else because activity is falling. And that is a good sign. I mean, when people realize that maybe now is not the best time to buy, you're going to see a drop inactivity across the board. And that's what you're seeing. And if you were concerned, then what you would be seeing is purchase activity falling. Meanwhile, the share of adjustable rates actually increasing. And that's not what we're seeing. But even then, it wouldn't even be that big of a deal. Because remember, these arm products are not what we were seeing in the mid 2000s. They are completely different. And that is why you are seeing a decrease. And so once again, sorry, I know they try so hard. The cash bros or cash bros, the crash bros are wrong once again. But as I mentioned, mortgage rates fell for the third week in a row as well. It's just kind of fascinating. They both are moving in tandem, which 
for so long has not been the case. The 30-year fixed rate average contract interest rate fell 13 basis points to 5.33%. That is still up 216 basis points from one year ago. The 15-year fixed average contract interest rate also fell 13 basis points to 5.59%. And that is up 197 basis points from one year ago. So what you're seeing is the year-over-year comparison while still gigantic by any metric is actually dropping from what we've seen these last couple of weeks when they were well over 200 basis points. And now the first, the 15 year fixed is not even over 200 basis points. I'm I'm trying to find the silver linings where I can find them. Uh, The five, one arm, the average contract interest rate fell three basis points. So across the board rates fell to 4.46%. And that is a hundred and 89 basis points up from one year ago. Now, Joe Kahn, an NBA economist, said demand is at actually the lowest level it's been in four years, saying in a statement, quote, mortgage rates fell for the fourth time in five weeks as concerns of weaker economic growth and the recent stock market sell-off drove treasury yields lower. Mortgage applications decreased to the lowest level since December 2018, as the purchase market continues to struggle with supply and affordability challenges. And one of the hopes for many people in the real estate industry is that these inventory issues, supply, are going to be fixed. Now, we don't know when that's going to happen, but we're hoping it's going to be sooner rather than later. And the construction data continues to be somewhat optimistic. Not entirely optimistic because starts are great. Permits are great. But we know that completions is down. And that's something that is concerning because people are starting projects. They want to get these things done. But supply chain issues continue to wreak havoc on the construction industry. And that's why it's... I would say good news, even though it didn't meet expectations, construction spending was up for the month of May, but it did not, like I said, meet expectations, according to the Census Bureau's monthly construction spending report. So month over month, total construction spending, this is overall, this is private, public, all of it, was up 0.2 percentage points to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $1.744 billion in April. This is actually up 12.3% compared to where it was one year ago. But let's face it, what's the one area that everybody cares about, especially in housing? Residential. So where was residential spending? Well, here's the good news. Total residential spending was up 0.5% to a seasonally adjusted rate of 752 million, which is up 18.4% where it was in 2021. Single family spending was up 0.9% month over month and is now up 19.3% year over year. And even multifamily spending is up 0.8% and is up only, but still up, 
3.1% from the same time last year. And in case you're wondering, where are all these construction projects happening? And if you're someone that's in North Carolina like me, you know, it's happening in North Carolina and some other Southern slash Sunbelt cities. Austin, Texas had 31.3 single family building permits per 10,000 people in the first quarter, the most per capita of any major U.S. metro, followed by Raleigh, North Carolina, Jacksonville, Florida, Asheville, Tennessee, and Charlotte, North Carolina. So you got a lot happening in Florida. You got a lot happening in North Carolina. And leading it all is in Texas. And so you got construction projects out there happening. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who is a real estate agent in Raleigh and was just saying how despite all of the news about things slowing down, it is still hot as ever. And so that's why you're seeing these big jumps in construction projects for not only Raleigh, but Charlotte as well. They're building as fast as they can, but as I mentioned, a lot of these supply chain issues are wreaking havoc on their plans to get those products to market. And let's hope that those issues are resolved, as I said, sooner rather than later. But as we all know, housing is impacted by what is happening with the overall economy. So if people are concerned about what's going to be happening to their income, what's going to be happening with their money, stock market's down, they're worried they might be taking a pay cut or they're not going to get a pay raise, or they're worried about inflation, that may not move forward with buying a home, a bigger home, whatever it may be. And so looking at what's happening with the overall economy is important. And there's a lot of concern about a recession on the horizon. And one of the ways that that's going to first probably prop up is jobs, the labor market. Now, it's funny, I was watching Bloomberg yesterday, and I can't remember who it was, but they were arguing, it might have been former New York Fed chair, uh, Bill Dudley, and he was arguing the labor market may may be the hottest he's ever seen, that this labor market is just on fire. And so it's kind of funny because the last job openings report, I think it was 11.8 million job openings. And so if you think about that, the economy can lose 11 million jobs without one person getting fired. That is how hot this labor market is. So if all these companies just remove their listings for new jobs, that'd be 11 million jobs gone. But there's no one actually working those jobs so not a single person would be fired. That is how tight this labor market is. It's just, it's nuts. And so what did we see happen in April? And the latest job openings report, or more particular, the job openings and labor turnover summary found that job openings did decrease, but they're still over 11 million. So job openings decrease to 11.4 million on the last business day of April. This is down from the record high that we saw in March of 11.85 million. And this drop was thanks to a big decrease 
in healthcare and social assistance jobs, they fell by 266,000, followed by retail trade fell just over about 150,000, and accommodation and food services was down 113,000. And in case you're wondering, the great resignation, we've read a lot, we've, I think we've talked about this here on the podcast. I mean, I remember, I remember prepping for it. I'm not sure if we ever got to it, but there's a lot of conflicting reports about the great resignation and how great it is. Some people have left their job and been completely happy, glad they did it. They either have, you know, more free time, they're making more money, whatever it may be. Others have left their job, regretted it, and gone back, which also I think speaks to the tightness of the labor market. You can leave your job, try something else, and then go back to that job, and your job is still available. Very indicative of a tight labor market. They were unable to fill that position. And the great resignation, good or bad, is continuing. In fact, it pretty much held steady in April with 4.4 million quits happening for the month. Quits saw the biggest gain in real estate and rental and leasing with 37,000. And the biggest drop was actually in state and local government education. They reported a 19,000 decrease. So people were not quitting who were working for local government education, but were quitting that were working in the real estate <laughs> industry, <laughs> which, you know, people are making moves right now. I, I get it. It makes sense. People are trying to figure out where they want to go. A lot of people are concerned about which companies are going to be laying off and just all of that, right? Because the real estate industry is seeing somewhat of a slowdown from the just record volume that we've been seeing over these last two years. So that to me does make sense. And just to continue on this point about how tight the labor market is, layoffs hit a series low of 1.2 million. So people are not laying people off at a very high rate. And I've seen that, right, where it takes a lot this day and age to get fired. All right, that's it. We are done. I will see you guys on Friday for always the best edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you back here Friday morning. And remember, Friday is the big... Now, we're not going to talk about it on Friday's show because it won't be out by the time the podcast comes out. But Friday is the big monthly jobs report. And actually, today, we're going to be getting a lot of jobs data. We got the ADP report. I know it's usually on Wednesdays, but for some reason, in June and July, the ADP report is on Thursday. But it's on Wednesday, every month previous and every month after. But just for some reason, June and July... I guess because of where the holidays fall, Memorial Day and July 4th, it's going to be on a Thursday. And so we'll be getting the ADP private payroll report as well as the initial jobless claims. And then, of course, the Freddie Mac mortgage rate data. So we got a lot to get to on Friday's podcast. But you guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.